0: Welcome back to Command Point. My name's Ryan. Today I'm here with my co-host Shane. Shane, how are you today? I am good. It's uh it's a good day. How about you? It is a good day. I'm doing well as well. Uh so in this episode of the Command Point podcast, we are basically
1: uh saying goodbye to Kill Team 2018, right? Yeah. I mean, there's not much left to to do with it and I think I mean, Summer Slaughter is kind of the last uh hurrah, I guess, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely, so for those of you who don't know, Shane and I got the opportunity to uh drive on down to Pennsylvania to partake in the summer slaughter. A kill team tournament put on by the uh, the group known as Basement Wargamers. They put on a fantastic event. A great turnout for a kill team event. Um, there were 24 participants, I believe, 22 or 24 players from all different skill level. Uh, excuse me, all different skill levels, from uh, first time players all the way up to. Uh, you know, like competitive or regular tournament players. So, uh, what we're gonna do in today's episode is basically just like give a review for the Summer Slaughter event. Um, talk about our performances down there, and uh, you know, maybe maybe we'll have time to reminisce a little bit about the
1: old kill team. You know? Yeah. One last reminisce.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. One one last ride. Uh. So. <laughs> Uh, first off, before I get into talking about my performance down at, uh, at Summer Slaughter, um, uh, Basement Wargamers, they did a great job putting on the Kill Team tournament down there. Uh, the ticket price was good for what you got, man. Um, it, they had a buffet lunch and a free uh, beer included, which is awesome to include that with the ticket costs. And yeah. the uh, the prize support... Was absolutely fantastic. Um, I think it was like first. Uh, what was it? It was like uh, best overall, first place, second place, and then I think like best painted. All like yeah. went home with model kits. Uh, last place also went home with a model kit, though it was not for 40k or kill team. Yeah, um, I believe it
1: was Blood Bowl.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, lots of prize support at this event. Um, a a lot more than Atlantic City Open, I will say. Um, like well, like That's we smart. we, yeah, well like we got in there and like when they when the game was when the games were going on and they started setting up the table with all the prizes on it, I was like, oh my god, they got all this all these prize support just for a kill team event. It yeah. was crazy. Like at, there were trophies for best general, best overall. And then best painted, and then there was one over one other trophy, I think. But, yeah, sportsmanship,
1: one, I believe. Sportsmanship,
0: yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah no, uh, awesome event. All my opponents were great to play against. Yeah, just a, a real fun time overall.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was super well run. There were really no issues at all. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, the 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 I mean, the ticket coming with food and drink was just excellent yeah and uh, and
0: the the food was good it
1: was excellent yeah and the drinks i mean you said one free drink um i got two i don't know if i like i just kind of went back and just ordered another at one point and the bartender was just like okay here you go and so i don't know how far that could have been pushed but i didn't get really get to find out
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i don't i don't see that as anything bad um Oh, yeah absolutely not. Um, <laughs> so for in the spirit of this being uh probably like the last kill team uh, kill team 2018 tournament that we were going to attend, um, I decided to bring uh, probably the most competitive kill team that I owned, arguably, uh, and for this, I ran Astra Militarum. Otherwise known as the Blackstone Guard, as we've been calling it. So you know, it's got all the bells and whistles. It's got Godfrit. It's got Pius Vorn. It's got Ryan and Rouse. It's got Scions with all of their cool weapons. Uh, it's got uh, regular Guardsmen gunners with all of with uh, plasma guns. Everything that you would expect from your typical meta, from your typical meta Ashimilitarum list, and. Uh, Leading up to this tournament, I think I I built and painted up like at least half of it in like two weeks. Um, if you want to check out the pictures for the kill team, you can go and check it out over on our Instagram page. The uh, there was a Bulgrin in there. I had a Bulgrin in this list. Um, that I made by converting an Inquisitor from a uh, from a Space Marine aggressor and a bunch of other uh 40k and some Aegis Sigmar model kits. So I had a lot of fun. Making that guy—he came out looking awesome. I'm very proud of that model. Getting into the uh, the performance, the performance itself. Um, my first game was uh, was against uh, Justin. So Justin, as it turned out, was also from where we are in Western New York. Uh, lived close by, and we met up with him again a week after the tournament, I think. Um, so this was his first at the very least, his first Kill Team tournament, he was running uh, I believe it was Alpha Legion Chaos Space Marines. He ran a single list that was exactly 125 points. I think it consisted of like four Chaos Space Marines and the rest were all cultists. So this was cultist (laughs) spam. And I was like, I saw this list and I was like, I don't I think he might have me here, honestly, just based off the numbers. I was taking a very very elite, uh, astromilitarium list. Like typically like eight models at the most. So I'm like he might have me just out activated here. Uh, the packet there was there are some uh, secondary objectives on here that are just so easy to score. You know that don't really involve you interacting with your opponent much. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the kill team championships 2021 tournament packet. Fortunately though I was able to walk away with a convincing win of uh of uh the final score was 20 to 9. Um it was it uh, it actually was close up until turn 3, I think. And um unfortunately he made some mistakes when it came to picking the secondary objectives. Um he misinterpreted like one or two of them. Um hold the perimeter, I think it was which a lot of people do. Um, it's, it's an objective that you don't see taken a lot on this packet, right?
1: Oh, yeah. The, the corners. I mean, it is, uh, it's not the easiest one to get com- in comparison to some of the other options. Yeah. And he misread it as um, thinking that it and, uh board edges. Uh, yeah. yeah. that's Most of the time when people take that secondary that would be the situation.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. With all those cultists running around, like I was thinking, yeah. I'm like, ooh, if I'm not careful, he can really get it. And then he did some things in the in the last two turns where he just wasn't able to score it, or I was able to kill models that were close enough to be able to do it. But yeah, walked away. Final score twenty to nine. Good game. Good opponent. Next, the uh, the next game that I played was against. Orion Wilfong and his Tyranids. He took Hydra Tyranids. Um and this game was uh, literally a complete reversal for me from the uh, from the last game. Um he got the max score 21 and I only scored 9 points. So similar to my first opponent, he went uh, he went wide with his list. He had a lot of Hormigons, um, a Termagant or he had like one of whichever That model has actual shooting and the rest all melee. And then he had uh, two or three of the warrior gunners, I believe. And he was, those things are killer. And he was just able to uh, basically kill what he needed. Uh, My Scions, who I had equipped with, you know, plasma gun and a melta gun, came down from Deep Strike and were unable to kill anything. Uh, That's basically the, (laughs) the story of the tournament for me was just Mm -hmm. dropping these Scions in with their super powerful weapons, trying to one-pump models off the table, and it just never worked out that way in any of my games. Yeah, so did not get the result I wanted there. Orion was a a very good opponent. Uh, Later on in this episode, you will hear our interview with him, so stick around for that. Moving on, my third opponent was against Chris. Uh, He was a first-time Kill Team tournament player. Uh, and he was playing 1,000 Suns. Unfortunately, the the way that the terrain was set up and uh, the way the dice rolled, really, um, gave me a pretty convincing victory of 21 to 4. Um, he just was not able to kill any of my models, and I was constantly able to uh, just move onto more objectives than him every single turn with, like, Ryan and Rouse's... Uh, shoot, scout, and scarper abilities. And actually in this game, uh, one of the Scions did come down, deep struck in, and won it, and uh, was able to one-pump a Zangor off one of his backfield objectives. So I guess I just want to talk about the secondary objectives here a little bit. You and I kind of stuck to what I was calling the Holy Trinity of secondary objectives on this packet, yeah. right? And that's steadfast, for me at least, it was steadfast, survivor, and overkill. Do you want to talk about... Uh, what those secondaries are for a sec.
1: Yeah. uh, Steadfast and Survivor. So, I mean, that's kind of like the core of it. And a lot of these missions, there was going to be a situation where the, there, there's like an objective in your deployment zone and there's always like places to hide and cover and stuff. So you could very easily put your leader or like a cheap unit on that objective make that unit your survivor and then you're kind of like putting the uh pressure on your opponent to come all the way to you and deal with that problem while dealing with all of your other models and uh usually i mean it would be good to go either overkill or bounty hunters for me um, to just pick up kills while i'm playing the primary objective and then if my opponent does come near i can you know uh, pivot and and deal with them, and that just felt like a really strong strategy to me. And I think I think Will Thong was doing it a lot too. So clearly, yeah, the we secondaries were not the only ones. that he took against me were uh,
0: domination, bounty hunter, and steadfast. Okay. So I mean, with with the domination, with the amount of models that he was fielding, that's kind of a no brainer to me. Um, yeah, against steadfast, me, he did
1: go. Yeah, here. I was just going to say, against me, he did go the steadfast survivor mm. combo. I, I've i never, like,
0: we've played on this packet over TTS, I believe, for a tournament. But I will say I did enjoy playing this tournament packet in real life. The terrain that uh, Basement Wargamers had uh, been assembling um, turned out great. It, it was basically the exact specifications that you need on the packet, or that the packet requires. And I had fun playing on it. Um, the I mean, obviously, like, to me, it seemed like those secondaries are just, like, the standouts. And for most teams, there's no real reason to take any other secondaries. I'd be hard-pressed to think, you know, maybe, like, how shield drone spam would have taken, like, domination maybe. I don't know. But either way, there's just, like, a handful of secondary objectives that you... Kept seeing popping up uh, for the uh, for the top players, really. Uh, so moving on to my game against Daniel. Uh, Daniel was running Novak Necrons. And this game was by far my favorite game at the tournament. This is probably the best game of Kill Team that I ever participated in. It was, like, the most, en- like, I had the most enjoyment out of this game. I feel like I had the most, I don't know, it just, like, checked all the boxes for Kill Team, really, for me. Uh, the final score for this for this game was 15 to 15. I won on the primary objective because I outscored him by one point on the primary objective, mm-hmm. uh, which was just wild. Um, early on in the game, I was getting every charge roll I needed. I was getting every out of action I needed. I think he only wound up reanimating a model once the entire game, which was pretty crazy because I'm like hitting him with power fists and plasma guns and plasma pistols. But then in the very last turn of the game, I needed to, I, I needed to charge my Bolgren onto one of his backfield objectives and in order to like lock up the win for me, successfully kill the uh the flayed one I think that he had on that point, and then thus take the objective and outscore him on primary. I wound up doing that at the end of the game anyway, but anyways, um so my Bullgren charges in into this little flayed one and he's got like four or five attacks I think, and I he completely whiffs long story short, he completely whiffs and I'm ju- and I'm just standing there and I just couldn't believe it. This is the second time this is the second time this tournament that the Bulgren had just completely whiffed for me. Um and I was just like, "Oh my god, this lost me the game." And then we tallied it all up and I wound up uh wound up being able to take it with the uh with the one more primary point. Uh Daniel was a great opponent. Like early on in the game, I was I was very far ahead. Um so I was I was very impressed that he kind of just like stuck with it. I uh, didn't really let it get to him, didn't tilt and uh, was able to get a tie in the end.
1: Yeah. I mean, I caught the end of that game and there was some crazy stuff. happening. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, all right. So my last game of the tournament was against, Uh, Eric Cecil, who is a a friend of Orion Wilfong's, and he was playing Firstborn Astartes, so no Primaris units at all. And uh, I'll be straight with you guys. He took, like, a for fun uh, Adeptus Astartes list. Not a lot of Storm Shields. I think, I don't even know if there was a Storm Shield in this list. He took, a like, a Jump Pack Vanguard Vent with uh, Dual Plasma Pistols. Took, like, a, a, a sergeant with a combi melta, uh, another sergeant with two chain swords, no sort of, like, invulnerable save or anything, uh, and then I think a, a plasma cannon gunner? So I'm thinking, like, okay, there's, like, no invulnerable saves on any of these models. I, I should be able to get this with the amount of shooting that I have. Um, I have <laughs> never gotten as bad—credit to my opponent, he played a good game— I had never gotten dice this bad in my life. Let me tell you. Um, I think in a single in a single turn, I think I re rolled like four dice. I think I used like tack re roll twice or like once in the shooting and the fight phase and it just it just never panned out. I didn't hit anything. The Bulgren whiffed yet again. The Plasma and melted gunners who came down and deep-struck against a Space Marine with no invulnerable save, who was not in cover, completely whiffed against him. So I wasn't, even, I wasn't even like taking him to the option to use Death Deny, so he was just stacking CP, and by the end of it, um, even if I was able to take anyone off the board, uh, he would have just been able to, uh, to CP. There was a point in the game where I thought I had expended all my CP and eric told me that i had one left remaining and i was like okay i don't believe you but all right if you're if you're adamant about this and you're okay with it all right so i uh i rerolled and uh even then it didn't it didn't work out so you know that game obviously was just not meant to be a uh, good game eric it was a it was a fun time though it was a fun time eric's a great guy um overall I wound up placing 6th at this tournament so I was very I was very pleased with that result. Um didn't really have that much practice with um Astra Militarum going into the event. Um obviously like you know a 6th place finish with this team and uh this like not really having that much experience with it is a testament to how strong the Blackstone Guard were in Kill Team 2018 and uh I'm uh, I'm happy to see him go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same here.
1: <laughs> All right. So,
0: so how'd you do, Shane?
1: Uh, it was a really fun tournament. I, I mean, I ended up placing, uh, second place. Um, but I did the same thing that I did at ACO and I lost in the first round, <laughs> which definitely didn't help.
0: And, and who um, did you lose to?
1: Yeah. I, I lost to Janice. So, um, a little backstory here. So Janice and I saw that we were matched up round one. We both kind of laughed about it. We went to the table set up. Um, I was thinking about the possibility of having to play against Janice again, because at ACO play uh, we played and it was very in my favor. Like it was a very one-sided game. Like just nothing really went right for her in that game. Um, But, I know Janice is a very good player. I knew that she would be coming prepared because at that point she'd seen my list. She kind of knew what kind of orcs I like to to run. Uh, And for the record, I was playing my Death Skulls. Very similar list to what I ran at ACO. The only difference is, I guess, is that I ended up adding a comm specialist knob, which I used almost every game. I think every game. And I added the option of, uh, to the roster for a heavy specialist, Luda. Uh, and I didn't run this Luda against Janice, but she was running her Eldar this time. And Eldar is one of the only factions that I really had never played my Death Skulls against. I just wasn't really familiar with that matchup. That being said, uh, I came in and I, I just felt a little off my game. Uh, and Janice just played very well. Um, I, I think the final score ended up being 15 to 18 and it was like, I had failed like a two damage injury roll with my big chop on the last round. And it would have been 17 to 18 with like the outside chance of like a guy shaking and then it's a tie. But it was, uh, I mean, it was a good win for Janice. Um, she really just ended up, uh she dropped her striking scorpion in and it just caused so many problems for my, um, for my backline. And then, uh, her howling banshee XR kept getting onto my knobs and we would decisive strike. This happened, I think three, like second round, third round and fourth round, we would be in combat and we would both decisive strike and she would win the decisive strike roll off and then kill my knob with howling banshee every time for three turns. it happened second, third, and fourth. Oh, um, man. I, Yeah. So a little unfortunate on the dice rolls there, but I mean, Janice played pretty strong, and I probably could have played a little bit better that game anyway. Uh, I was pretty much happy to lose to Janice, though. I mean, I kind of figured that she was going to get her revenge at some point Yeah. Uh, after ACO, and this was where it happened. So, yeah. Um, my second round matchup was against i believe his name is jojo um and he was playing death guard uh so it was orcs versus death guard and let me tell you this is one of the worst games i have played like from a quality perspective um in a while he was a really nice opponent he played well uh but i think i was lucky to win this game uh, to be completely honest oh wow okay. Like, The first couple of rounds, I mean, I definitely made some errors. Um, I took the flash kit, which was not an error. Uh, He ended up doing absolutely nothing the entire game. Like, I kept moving my comms too far away from him. Uh, And then I would end up shooting at, like, a Plague Marine. And I, to be fair, I was getting, you know, three shots from the guy hitting on fives. And I've got two ammo rerolls. And I would daca every time. So I'd be getting, like, eight dice. And I never even wounded with the guy, and I did it two turns in a row. Um, and the flash kit just whiffed every time. And then I get onto his plague marine with the flail, and or not with the flail, with the with the plague cleaver. So mm-hmm. the D six damage thing. Yeah. And I fight first with my killsaw and I fail the injury roll. Oh no. Um, and then he swings back and kills me. And then like next turn, his blight launcher kills my flash kit. And it just feels like nothing is going right. Like every time we fight, he just kind of ends up wiping one of my guys and it starts to look pretty ugly. Mm. Um, and then turn three, I kill a lot of his guys and I bring it within, like it becomes winnable. And turn four, uh, I stupidly move my survivor back like this is the biggest issue is we're on turn four. Right. And I don't know the last time that I did this, but I did not realize it was the last round. Like I I thought it was round three or something. Mm-hmm. Um but I move my survivor back into my deployment zone to get no. safe from something else. And uh he ends up living, but it doesn't matter. Uh but my opponent ends up breaking on turn four and basically all of his models end up shaking like all of his crucial models and I end up winning 17 to 16. And I just wow. walked away from that game just like feeling very lucky to have come away with a win. Yeah. Because there was a there was a good portion of that game where I was like, man, I am about to be 0 and 2. Uh this is not good at all. But I got the win. Yeah. Um shout out to my opponent. It was a it was a fun game. Uh I felt terrible winning off a break. That is one thing that I am not going to miss in Kill Team, uh, Kill Team 2, Kill Team 2021, whatever you want to call it. 2018, it. 2018, not 2021. No, I mean, it's something that I'm not going to miss. Oh, I got playing you. Playing the new game. Okay. Is like break tests and morale especially break tests. Oh
0: yeah. Holy crap. They it, just suck. It such feels bad and I'm I like a lot of people are like for some reason are like well there's no morale system in the game and I'm like why do why do you miss it? Why do you miss yeah,
1: it? Yeah. I, I <laughs> who if, likes morale? If you
0: miss it, let us know in the comments. Like mm-hmm. I I genuinely
1: want to know. Yeah. So I am at this point I'm one and one I have won a game off the skin of my teeth, and I lost a game in a pretty high-scoring loss. Yeah. So I go to turn or round three, rather, and I am playing against this guy, Dave, who actually approached me before the first round uh, of the tournament, and he uh, he's a listener, I guess, so shout-out to you. And he was actually playing Death Skulls. Like he, yeah. he messaged me, I believe, uh, saying that he was basically like, really into the death skulls team that i talked about on the aco video and we had a orc mirror match but not just an orc mirror match but a death skulls mirror match so just craziness um and this game uh went very in my favor so this was the first time that i whipped out the luda um ap1 damage two is just very good against orcs uh, and it's going to perform similarly against Death Skulls as the, uh, t- compared to the the Flash Kit for like 15 points cheaper. We both set up our shooters on these like towers, or not towers, but uh, the crates. Right. And I put my Scorcha in reserve. So immediately I set myself up to try and deny his uh, Steadfast and try and threaten his Survivor with the Scorcha, and I with the other model, or with the Luda rather, I um I just ready him up at the first turn. I set up for like area denial, basically, and then the second turn I actually had a moment where I was able to shoot and kill his flash cut with the Luda, which is like the most value you can possibly get out of a Luda, like where you're basically shooting and killing the more expensive, better version of your model. Um, and the first turn was basically super low scoring. And then the second turn, I was able to kill like four or five of his guys at which point he had to break test. And then he failed the break test. And then the two models he had left shook. And we kind of tried tailing it up and it was pretty much done and dusted at that point. Yeah, And uh, I got a 21 point max. Uh, so 21 to one was the final score after that i ended up playing against uh steve mancino i hope i'm pronouncing his last name correctly but he was uh he was one of the tos kind of he was helping run the event he's one of the uh basement wargamers guys yeah and he was the he guy was who running... made all the terrain i believe oh no i didn't even know that um yeah so shout out to steve uh he was playing against Tri- or playing as trakari. And I had met Steve at ACO, but we hadn't gotten the chance to play. And I think we covered his Dracari in our top eight video for the ACO. Yeah, I
0: think I put a tournament. picture
1: of it in uh in that video
0: of one of the uh the the mandrakes that he had made. Yeah, he had the uh the,
1: the deepkin guys yes. as mandrakes. The Ideneth
0: Deepkin conversions,
1: super cool looking. Yeah. Uh and he was running the Dracari here. Um he ended up taking uh I believe it was the cabalites and he took a dark lance and I think a shredder, the weapon that's like D six shots, 12 inch range. Yeah. Um, and I was really, I was just able to set up a lot of good situations for myself. I think he played it well, but there was just never really a great spot for him in that game. Mm. Um, I would basically, I would move up the board, kind of like staying in combat as much as possible just to avoid a shooting. Um, I was able to threat th- uh, threaten his leader and some of his other models with the flash kit from very far away. Uh, and I mean, kind of just utilizing the, uh, at one point I was utilizing the, the six inch range difference between the Mandrake Bell Blast being 18 inches compared to the flash kit being 24 inches. Oh, okay. Um, so like there was one turn where I went second and he had set up his night fiend later in a spot. And I just moved my flash kit like 19 inches from the night fiend. And I was able to just shoot and kill him. Um, but basically just setting up those situations over and over. And I don't even know if, I don't think I lost any models that game. Oh, um, wow. Steve played it really well though, but I think the final score was like 21 to six. I believe. I think I got a max. I, I might not have, but it was a pretty high scoring game for me. Um, and suddenly I'm three and one going into the fifth round, and I'm in second place against uh Ryan Wilfong, who you played against earlier, who yeah. our interview is coming up after this. Um and Wilfong, he was four and oh with uh with the Tyranids and I was looking at the, the situation on the scoring, and I knew that obviously I needed to beat him if I wanted to win the tournament. But I needed to beat him by like five or six points, something like that. Um, yeah, I remember you coming over and uh, telling me
0: that you that you could win it, but you would have to beat him by at least six points. And I'm yeah, like, I think it actually, okay.
1: I think it ended up being five. Um, oh, okay, but. Still th- this game was like one of the toughest games I've ever played of Kill Team. Um yeah, and as of now it is the last game of of Kill Team 18 that I have played and I kind of want to keep it that way cuz it felt almost like a it felt like a final boss almost.
0: <laughs> oh Orion oh, Wilfong so... is definitely was definitely the boss
1: of this tournament and it was um it was a very very tough game. Uh, And at one point, so like I said, he had taken the survivor steadfast combo that you and I were doing in this game. And at one point I had a knob in on his survivor. And I was on one of the two objectives that he held Mm. that ended up being a steadfast objective. And I was about to fight his, uh, his Hormigaunt survivor while like contesting that objective with him. And, this is a knob with a four up save, two wounds, toughness four, all that good stuff. And his warrior killed my knob with flesh hooks. Like i re-rolled the armor save failed. He got the injury roll. I don't even know if he had to re-roll it, but he, I never even got the chance to swing on that survivor. And I remember thinking like that was the moment where if, if I was going to win that game by like a sizable amount, it would have been off the back of that situation. It absolutely would have been. And that was very unfortunate, uh, that model dying. However, I was still able to come away with a 19 to 19 draw where I had, I don't remember which tiebreaker it was. It might have been the primary, but I had uh, one of the tiebreakers. And so I got the win. um, And unfortunately I didn't get that big win that I need. I mean, not even that big. And I think he ended up with like four more points than me. We both ended up four and one on the tournament, but he took first and I took second. So, I mean, I think I played very well in that last game. It was not an easy game by any stretch. Uh, That was another game where I took the Luda, I believe. Mm. Um, And he performed adequately. I was happy with him, especially considering it's, it's, it's so cheap he doesn't need to do much to be effective. But uh yeah, I mean it was it was a really fun tournament. I I had a blast personally. Yeah, it was.
0: <laughs> yeah, so second place. Good job.
1: Yeah, I was hoping for first, but you know, uh I felt like I played better as the tournament went on. Like I started with a rough loss, played terrible in my second game and got kind of bailed out. And then I think I played really well the rest of the day. So I'm happy with that. To me, that's like a good way to go out. And I mean, I beat the winner of the tournament yeah. in the last game, and I can't think of a better way to get second place, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: overall, great tournament. Um, like any other Kill Team events that uh, Basement Wargamers does in the future, I would definitely make it a point to try and get to one. It was very fun, and I look forward to attending one uh, another
1: one in the future. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they are a state away for us and i know for a fact they're going to be running tournaments in the future so if you're in the northeast definitely keep an eye out for any of their events because they are very well run and there's a lot of really good players that go to them so yeah yeah for sure um so without further ado let's go ahead
0: and get into our interview with the summer slaughter grand champion orion wilfong Okay, and we are here with the winner of the Summer Slaughter Kill Team Tournament, Orion Wilfong. Congratulations on your victory, sir. Happy to have you on the podcast. Thanks for coming on.
2: Oh, certainly. Thank you for having me. Uh, you know, I met you guys pretty recently, so it's pretty exciting I get to be on one of these things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, so my my first question for you is, you decided to go with, of all factions, tyranids you decided to bring them to the summer slaughter um what was it about the the hydra sub-faction uh version of tyranids that appealed to you and why did you choose to ultimately bring them to the tournament
2: oh man uh tyranids th- they're my main faction pretty much um i've been playing them pretty much since i got into the competitive scene like i did like my first tournament with chaos space marines and from there on out it was just nothing but tyranids um, I love them. I don't think they've ever been bad, personally. A lot of people like to give them a lot of crap and say they weren't good as all the other factions, but I've honestly never had a bad events period with the Tyranids at all. So I-, I love them. And then Hydra is one of my favorites just because it was the closest to my paint scheme. You know, that when I made it, it was like, ah, they kind of look like Hydra. So I always kind of just liked that sub-faction, and I wanted to play it for the last event.
0: Ah, okay. So it was it was more like a uh, like a hobby thing first, rather than like a competitive uh, decision to go with Hydra. What exactly is the Hydra subfaction trait for the people who don't know?
2: So Hydra, it's, it's a bit of a fun one. Um, if you basically have two Tyranid models with an engagement range of the same uh, opponent's model, uh, both those models or anybody in the engagement range of that opponent's model gets to reroll their hit rolls against that model. And I took this, at first, I took it because, you know, it was just a fun thing to try out with the Tyranids, because I I liked messing around with them. But then I consistently noticed my Warriors, I always failed half of my hits with the Warriors, no matter what I did. (laughs) I don't know if I'm just cursed or whatever, but my Warriors, two attacks, hit went through no matter what. And then the rest just failed on the wound roll. So, like, people always talk about, like, oh, Tyranids are scary in melee. I'm like, no, my Warriors just suck. So I was like, all right, we're going to mitigate that by literally making them re-roll their failures. So that's kind of where it went, and then it somehow worked out pretty well in this packet, which uh, I was a little surprised by.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Uh, Shane, you want to go ahead?
2: Yeah,
1: I wanted to ask you. Uh, I know for this version of the packet that we were playing at Summer Slaughter, the, uh, the maximum warrior gunners was increased, I think to like two or three. Uh, how much of a factor did that play in your list building and and just throughout the tournament? Uh,
2: Overall, I think it was a fantastic change um, to really help out the Tyranids. But it wasn't... So I only ever took the two gunners. You could take three, but I only ever took the two except for one time against my friend Eric, who was playing um, all his firstborn Space Marines. I took the triple gunner there, but it didn't honestly help as much as I thought it would. Um, So yeah, but the double gunner was fantastic. Because I normally bring two warriors anyway in my lists, no matter what. Um, I always tried to take two warriors, and then literally everything else I could. I didn't. I never did gaunt spam, so I, I never did twenty man lists or anything like that. But having the one gunner who was a comms upgrade from a spitter to a venom cannon is just so good. And you pair that with the packets rule, um, where random variable dice weapons get to roll two dice and pick the highest. Um, that's where it gets really interesting, I think, for the nids. Because you got this strong Melta style gun that has an incredibly long range and is generally getting two to three shots every shot, opposed to maybe one more consistently.
1: Yeah. Okay. Super, super interesting. Yeah, because I figured that was a uh definitely a piece of that puzzle. Um it was it was not something that's ever really been seen before in a tournament. So it was cool to see not only have it crop up, but to see somebody take it to all the way to first place, so congrats on that. Um, I did want to ask also about just how you approached secondaries in that packet, and how you went about scoring them, and, and how you chose what to take when, and, and just what was the mindset there?
2: Um, so, a lot of the factions I go up against, I just can't kill them. Um, even with the extra venom cannons, the likelihood of me consistently killing things was very slim. I actually did kill consistent things amount in this tournament, but when I was testing, most of my games I killed little to no models uh, when I was testing. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do my best I can and ignore my opponent and just move on the board and score that way, which is what nids are supposed to do. So most of mine, I always generally took um, engaged in all fronts or um, like domination, something movement-wise that I knew I'd get no matter who I was facing. um, Unless, like, for some reason, they had better bodies to put in the middle of the board than me for domination. Uh, and then I always tried to take survivor or steadfast, because once again, it was just relying on me living, opposed to my opponent dying. Hmm. So, and with the Tyranids, you can use the one tactic for two CP. Um, it's death denied on the four up. Yeah. And for Tyranids, it's, it's not nearly as good, but it just helps you live longer for those weird little pesky... I would always make my survivor a random hormigon. I wouldn't make it a warrior or anything like that in most cases. Because they get gunned down um, if your is really trying and you want them in the battle. Mm-hmm. So I always just try to keep like little hormigons alive in the backfield, move them out last round to get survivor or they'll just hold an objective because my opponent could never really get to a back objective because I had so many bodies to get through. So most of it was just picking secondaries to stay alive and kind of ignore killing my opponent at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny. I, I like to quote this game a lot. Uh, when me and my friend Dan, who was playing Necrons at the event, uh, when we were testing, I had played one game against him where I killed no Necrons whatsoever. Um, and I, just, I didn't even charge him at all, either the entire game. I charged him one time throughout the four rounds. Um, <laughs> and the rest I just moved on the board and kept away. And I won that game really well. So from that, I was like, okay, this is what I'll do with Nid's move into the event.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I I uh, had the opportunity to play against him in this tournament, too, in a very close game. He's a great player. So what was your hardest matchup at this tournament? What was, like, I guess, the hardest game for you?
2: Well, I would say the one I tied and lost on would probably be the hardest. Um, <laughs> with our uh, good local neck uh, our good local orc player here. Yeah. So, yeah, I did go 4 and 1 losing to uh Shane with his orcs. And that game was a nail biter and a half. It was tense, but it was great. Yeah, I uh
1: that game was intense for me as well. <laughs> as you can imagine, the uh 19 to 19 score was uh probably the highest scoring tie that I've like ever had in a game of Guilty.
2: Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, and that game really came down to two crucial points Uh, the first one was a benefit to me where um, I managed to kill one of his knobs with flesh hooks um, when he got into a critical melee combat against my survivor target Um, he was going to take some serious points off if that melee went through odds are and uh, the two flesh hook shots managed to just rip right through his armor save and kill him
1: which uh, I know you were
2: not happy about oh man I was (laughs) I was killing me then and on the flip side of that, on our last round, um, he had, you had taken steadfast and I managed to slap a little hormigant on the, um, on his, um, last steadfast objective to try and hold it and contest him, And I failed the four up save on the, uh, the rapid regeneration roll, which, uh, would have won me the game had he lived. So there's there's two critical points on both of us where it was just like, this could have just won the game either way. Yep. Yeah. There was a lot of
1: craziness right there. Uh, I mean, it was an insane game, though. Um, it's the last game of Kill Team 18, I guess you can call it Kill Team 1, that I I've played, and I I kind of want it to be the last game uh, that I play because right. I can't imagine, like, a crazier... Like, how, how can I top that game, right?
2: Yeah. That, true. that game really was, like, the showcase game of that whole tournament for me. And I, I when we were finished, I am like, man, I couldn't have lost or you know won this tournament on a better... Better game at all, like that was fantastic. I had some really good games overall, but that one was a real nail biter.
1: I would totally agree. Um, my game with Janice that I lost as well was was a tight one, but that game was just absolutely crazy. <laughs> so,
2: congr- congrats to you as well, by the way, because yeah,
1: oh, you thanks. also placed. Yeah, second, second, first and second right here at that at that event. <laughs> yeah, and sixth, and sixth I came in and? sixth. <laughs>
0: um all right so uh moving forward have you gotten to play any games of the new edition of kill team yet
2: uh unfortunately no you know like i'm so involved in the community um and like i i keep looking at all the stuff and like talking to some people about it but i myself i don't have any of the rule books yet or i haven't really looked at the core rules um so I really want to, but I don't have any of this stuff yet and no one no one near me has it. So I'm just kind of sitting here like a kid waiting for Christmas to come, you know, until I get the books. Uh,
0: okay, okay. I I've got seen ya.
2: snippets I've seen snippets like uh custodes OP or Tyranids are in a good spot or this and that. Uh, you know, the the people speaking the loudest about things. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I think
1: like I got an... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No you're good, good. I was just gonna say, I think you're gonna be very happy with Tyranids, uh, based on what I've seen. <laughs> they are uh, very strong.
0: Yeah, I got a uh, one question for you about how many Gene Stealers do you have?
2: Um, man, you know, I've never looked at more than two, because um, I've always just had the one for uh, each of the special morphs. Um, uh-huh. Other than that, I've never really ran any more than that number of Gene Stealers, so I'm gonna have to. I'm going to have to really put some work, because I know I need like five of them, right? Yeah. I At think so, one. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've heard tier nids are good. I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. Me, personally, I've always thought tier nids were good, but that's just me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you thought they were good before. Um, yeah, get I ready. Think, uh, <laughs> you're going to love it, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, they're I awesome.
2: Mean, I had a huge success with tier nids overall. Um, I think I won every tournament I took tier nids too. Um, except for Magfest where I got third. Mm-hmm. So like, I- I've always been like, yeah, I don't see what the problem is. So speaking of which,
1: um, I wanted to talk about that. So you're over in the uh, the scene with with some of those guys like like Will and um, I believe Eric and and Dan, right?
2: Yeah, Will, Eric, um, yeah, Dan, Stefan, all those dudes who are um they populate most of our tournaments on the East coast over here because we're yeah. in partnership with uh, basement wargamers and um, you know, we, I work with, um, you know, at summer slaughter, those are the guys who ran that event. Uh, mm-hmm. So I work with them. They're fantastic guys trying to populate every tournament they can on the East coast up and down. Um, so we're trying to get it to be an active scene as it is on the West coast, which um, is fantastic stuff. Yeah, so yeah. we're all kind of part of a big kind of
1: Eastern shore group. Yeah, right. up here in uh, up here in Western New York, we're trying to get events going as well. So,
2: yeah, we'll definitely come up to them for sure. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, I wanted to talk to you because it seemed like you were always definitely in that like top three as far as East Coast tournaments went. And then right after, I want to say like everything reopened from COVID, um, you really started going on a tear with with your event placements. And I just wanted to ask you like, was there anything? that changed in the way you played or how you approached tournaments in that period? Or, like, what adjustments did you make, if any?
2: So, there, it was, it was a bit strange thing. Uh, on the East Coast, I was always doing good. But the only person who really knew me from any of, like, the popular players was Janice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never got to play her at all. Um, I went to a couple events where I, I saw her, but we were, like, ships in the night. We just never played. <laughs> um, and then by. I finally got... The, yeah, I finally got to play her at an event. And like from there, I just started getting introduced to more and more people she knew. Um, so then, you know, I kind of got picked up and it was like, oh, man, I get to hang out with you guys now. So um, it, it was more so like just the fate of playing Janice, I would say, uh, really just picked me up into things. And then I started playing at the higher tier events because I never got to go to Nova. I never got to go to LBO or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so until like Magfest and um, aCO. I hadn't done any like gigantic events. I'd only ever done the local game store one. Right. So it was, it was, it was kind of that, you know, I never got to play any of the big events until after COVID, which is a shame. You know, I didn't get into the actual competitive scene until it's dead.
0: (laughs) Well, if it's any consolation, uh, you can, you can rest easy knowing that uh, at, at, at the end, when all the dust was settled, you emerged at the top of the mountain, so congratulations once again on your victory at Summer Slaughter. Uh, before we get out of here, is there anybody that you would like to give a shout out to or anything like that?
2: Certainly. I mean, first and foremost, you guys. Um, you guys are really an important thing for the Kill Team community when you're running tournaments, um, you know, running the Discord, answering questions, doing these interviews, reaching out to players, um, showing them what's what. Um, growing this community is very important, not only to me, but I think to all the competitive players. And I think you guys, you know, having your foot on the button there, you know, and just really reaching out to people like me, you know, and just getting everybody involved with everyone is a fantastic thing. So, personally, I can't thank you guys enough for doing that. Um, oh, thank you, know, you very much. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your work does not go unappreciated in my eyes. Let's say that much. Um, Janice, of course, she's a fantastic person. Um, I can't thank her enough for you know talking to me and bringing me into other people and whatnot. Um, our games have always been pretty fantastic. We I think we've played like the same mission uh, like twice in a row on the same exact map, so we have a bit of jokes going on there. Um, <laughs> you know, I think we were talking about that earlier. Um, and then just my my actual playtest buddies down here in Maryland, this is where we're playing at Titan Games, um, they've always helped me play. We've always bettered each other, learning the rules, forgetting the rules. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't thank them enough to, for helping me out
0: well awesome thank you once again for uh, for coming on to the pod and uh, we really appreciate you being here and uh, good luck in your future kill team endeavors
2: oh for sure I'm sure I'll be talking to you guys sometime soon whether I win or lose you know
0: oh definitely yeah and so we are back from our interview with Orion Wilfong uh, so I guess now we're just kind of you know Getting into our kill team eighteen send off, right? we're just gonna reminisce for a little bit uh Shane is there any anything that you really wanna talk about before we uh put these kill team twenty eighteen books on the shelves and never take them off again for the next like twenty years or something
1: yeah, I mean it's uh I mean we've spent so much time playing this game it is very weird to to just play like it's it's kind of just gone now yeah um but I think it's with an excitement to play the new edition that makes this in my eyes completely fine um obviously, the game was not perfect. there was issues that we talked about in great detail over the uh the last couple of years but um it's it's been a fun ride for sure I mean, this channel was built on that game, so can't really uh ever take that away no
0: absolutely yeah so um where do i even where do i even start uh this it the game the game was great for what it was for the time it was um you know despite its issues i i always enjoyed playing it um you know unless it was against you know tau shield drone spam (laughs) um I'm sorry I had to I had to say it. I had to say it. Um, yeah. and um, you know, all of the elite all of the elites models that came into it, um, you know, really fleshed the game out and really made it a very interesting game to play. Um I know a lot of other people really enjoyed playing this game, otherwise we wouldn't have almost a thousand people in our Discord server, over three thousand subscribers on the YouTube channel. Uh you know, and a bunch of podcast listeners like you guys, so um, yeah, no, it's been a fun ride with Kill Team 2018, but you know, I I really am looking forward to the new Kill Team. Um, we've already played a bunch of played a bunch of, uh, the new Kill Team um, just going off the, uh, (laughs) like the screenshots, uh, that we've gotten from the rulebooks and the compendium and stuff like that and, um, you know, I'm really liking this new edition of Kill Team. I I will say I am liking it a lot better than the old version of Kill Team. So old Kill Team, good for what it was at the time, but I'm, I'm happy to be moving on from it into this new edition.
1: Yeah, me too. I mean, I think a lot of the changes, like kind of getting rid of spam lists and just like getting rid of stuff like morale and break tests, I think overall for the game, it's going to be a lot better. And, I mean, the way that they've introduced alternating activations, I think, is really good. And I think it's going to make for a better experience overall. I I agree with that. The game seems like it's, it's easier to
0: play. It's easier to learn, I will say that. Um, it is a lot easier to build a team. It's a lot easier to get into the game. And it's... Uh, I don't know. It's just easier to play and easier to get into, but there's still depth to it. And it's it's somehow they've done it in that it's even more thematic. It's even more like lore friendly, I guess you could say rather than um than Kill Team 2018 was. Um so I, you know, so far I think GW has done a great job with the design of this game so far,
1: and I look forward to see what's coming for kill team in the future yeah me too i uh i cannot wait until i guess whatever this edition's equivalent of elites is going to be Mm -hmm. um i cannot wait until that comes out because there's so many things that i am excited to run in the game and a lot of stuff that i think now that the data sheets aren't attached you can actually add in whereas before they may not have translated as well to kill team like like using those 40k data sheets basically right and it just kind of opens up like endless possibilities almost
0: so um do you have anything else about the old kill team or new kill team you'd like to say before we get out of here
1: it's uh it's exciting it's sad but just uh i'm looking forward to everything it's gonna be a fun time for sure for sure all right, guys. Well, thank you for listening
0: to this episode of the Command Point Podcast. We really appreciate your listenership. A special thank you to our Patreon supporters over on Patreon. Without which, uh, your help—well, your help is really what makes all of this, uh, all of this possible for us. So, thank you to you guys. Thanks, everybody, for watching on YouTube and listening on whatever podcast app you're listening to. And we hope to see you all again in the next one. Bye, bye.